Hey there, folks. Rob Hessler here with another installment of Art on the Air, my weekly Savannah Morning News special. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. Have a really big-time guest lined up for you this week. I spoke with Stuart Miller, the director of the City of Savannah Department of Cultural Resources. So he's the guy in charge of the Cultural Arts Center, and it was a really interesting conversation. Stuart was somebody that I had planned on having on the show way back when. I first met him right after he was hired in February of 2020, and we met at Arts on Waters, and I had the opportunity to chat with him, and I was really impressed, and he agreed to come on the radio show then, and then, of course, the next month, everything was shut down due to COVID. So it's been a really interesting journey for him. He gets hired, and he's really excited to hit the ground running, and then everything is forced to stop. So we had a really interesting conversation about what he's been up to over the past year, and plus what they've got planned over at the Department of Cultural Resources upcoming in the next several months and next year. And I think you're going to be really excited to hear all of that. I was really impressed again in chatting with Stuart. Wanted to mention, as always, you can catch past episodes of Art on the Air and my corresponding Art Off the Air column, as well as all of the writing I do for the Savannah Morning News at savannahnow.com in the entertainment section and in the lifestyle section for my Sunday column. Last week, I got the chance to speak with Fredo Martinez, and he was an incredible guest. Love speaking with him. You can catch that one. And this week, I've also got a piece that just came out about the Lunar Codex, which is a program to send artwork into space, and there are two Savannah artists involved. So it's a really cool sort of story. It was really fun to write that one, and I think you're going to enjoy reading it. But let's get into this week's interview again. This is Stuart Miller, director of the City of Savannah Department of Cultural Resources, talking all about the past year, what they've been doing over there, and what they've got planned going forward. Enjoy. Rob Hessler here with Art on the Air Field Notes. I am with Stuart Miller, the director of the City of Savannah Department of Cultural Resources. And we're going to be talking about, well, everything that's kind of been going on. But I want to sort of start, so you and I met, you were hired in February of 2020. And you came from, you were previously the executive director of Johns Creek Arts Center. And you came here and I got a chance to meet you at Arts on Waters. And I remember you're, you were very enthusiastic and I got a great vibe from you, great energy. And then the pandemic hit. So you were hired and almost immediately any plan you would have had. Yeah. Um, so what have you been up to for the past year plus when you obviously couldn't do all of the grand plans that you had? Yeah, it's been an interesting year. And when we were, when I arrived, we were going full speed. It's like catching a moving train. You just hop on and it's going. And so six weeks later to stop. And at the time, you remember, we didn't know how long this COVID thing was going to last. Mm-hmm. So at first we're thinking, okay, we'll just sit tight for a month and we'll get, get on with the business. And that became two months and three months. And uh, so we saw an opportunity to do a couple of things. One is that we had moved into this building and never really had a chance to get it organized. We have uh, some wonderful state-of-the-art equipment, visual and audio um, equipment for 
uh, facilitating performances. But we, we're still in need of fine-tuning some of that and putting some of the new pieces together with it. Mm. So we did, we did two things, two major things during the, the COVID break. Uh, one was that we upgraded our, our ability to produce performances by adding new lighting and new sound in the theater and in the gallery. Mm. Uh, and it is now a better facility than it was pre-COVID for those kinds of activities. We're able to really, it's what was already a state-of-the-art performance space is even, even better now. So in addition to that, we still continued programming. It was just this new COVID-era programming right. of um, doing things here and having your remote audience participating. So we initiated video classes for for seniors and for audiences in, in rec our recreation centers. And then we started Zoom classes last winter also, which actually got a pretty good audience. Mm. And the upside about the Zoom class was that we were able to serve locals, but we also had audiences in five states who were tuning in. So it was a way to expand our audience and have people in Pooler and Richmond Hill who may not have driven here for a class get to participate. Yeah. So th th there was some upside. The real downside has been we miss doing what we're supposed to be doing. For sure. Yeah. You know, I think that that's kind of interesting. And I've talked to some other folks about this, like people at the Telfair Museum, for example, Telfair Museums. And, and one of the things was that they added in all of this new technology things and were able to upgrade a lot of that kind of program. And it's not like you're going to unlearn that stuff. It's not like you're not going to have that anymore. That So it just kind of adds another component. If you're going to look at the bright side of it and look at a positive of it is that it did create an opportunity to kind of build that up in a way that wouldn't maybe have happened otherwise because, you know, you've got other things going on. You've got a million other things going on. So right. it did sort of offer that. And you will have that going forward no matter what. Yeah, exactly. And we're considering continuing the Zoom classes in some version going forward because it does reach people who may not be able to come here. We'll be able to serve the, that audience remotely. But that said, we are much happier being able to, to be open and uh, have people come here and do what we're, we're designed to do. Right. And so let's talk about that, actually. Let's talk about the where things are going now, because, you know, you started having some summer camps in here now, but the right. place, the space is not officially open until late August. So you're kind of moving in that direction right now. Right. So what can sort of people expect now that you're moving in that direction where you're, you're starting to tentatively, hopefully, um, open up and kind of allow people to come back in here and experience these programs like the way that they're meant to be. Right. Well, we are laying the groundwork with the summer camps. We are also doing family workshops every other weekend. Our next one's coming up that July 24. And we're trying to get people used to coming back to the center. In the fall, we do plan a full reopening with a full range of performing and visual arts classes. We will have uh, classes in theater and dance. Uh, we'll be offering music lessons, which will be new for us as well. Uh, and a full range of visual arts programming from ceramics. We have two studios, uh, purpose-built studios, one in ceramics, one in metal and jewelry, which are fabulous spaces. So we, we are looking forward to having people come into the building to use those. And as well as our, our visual arts studio, which accommodates multimedia. So because we are somewhat limited by for capacity by COVID restrictions, mm -hmm. we're going to be offering 
multiple sessions of these classes. So right. let, let's say you want to sign up for a clay class, but we can only allow six people in, so we'll have a, an option another day, another morning that people can take that. So we're still aware of the limitations that are in place, even next month. But we, we know that by offering more opportunities for people to take the classes, we, we hope to be able to accommodate them. Okay, so uh, beyond classes, I mean, this is a great, obviously, a great thing for the community, people who want to learn about arts in, in various ways, well, like you mentioned, theater, creative kind of arts, things where you're actually building things, painting, sculpture. I mean, in fact, we were over here and just walking through the center before we before we got started, and there's kids making these clay sculptures as part of that. And it's a lot of fun. I mean, the environment in those rooms is just a ton of fun. Yeah. Beyond those kind of classes, what kind of um, resources do you think that you guys can offer or that you're planning on offering for those who are maybe more established artists? So those who are you know, wanting to put on an art show or put on a, um, a stage performance or you know, things like um, you also offer some in it as a part of your programming or a part of your structure, um, some uh, financial resources as well, programs like Weave a Dream. So talk a little bit about those kind of programs for people who are more well-established as artists maybe that aren't necessarily looking to take a class but who are looking to maybe use these resources that you guys offer in, in that way. Right. Well, a great art center is built off great artists. Uh, so, and we are fortunate to be in a city which has a wealth of artistic talent. So we know that when we are planning a gallery show, for example, we can put out a call for artists and we will have a number of people who are very talented apply to, to be in a, a gallery show. So visual artists, we hope to be able to accommodate them that way, also as instructors and demonstrations. We plan to have demonstrations for audiences. So I, we see a lot of way for visual artists to be engaged. Uh, next month we are going to do a call for artists for a new art fixture in our atrium. And uh, There's a large circle in our atrium which is, is empty and we plan to fill that with a, a piece of art. So there will be a call for artists going out next month and there will be an annual event for us. We'll do an annual changeover of that. That's so amazing and I just want to kind of give you a little bit of a backstory on that is that when this building was being built, uh, our mutual uh, acquaintance, Christopher Monroe, somebody that's a good friend of mine, yes. but he came and did a tour of the building before it was finished. And he wa and he. I remember him posting on social media. There's this big atrium. It'd be so cool if there was some art in that atrium. So it's kind of nice that's, to hear that's that. That's funny. I didn't know he'd said that. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we see that too. It is going to be a tremendous place for uh, a work of art. So for performing artists, we have we're going to be doing a lot of programming on our lawn. You know, we have this mm -hmm. great location around the corner of Oglethorpe and MLK, which has this big outside area. So we plan to be to be doing concerts out there and um, theater productions and performances and, and film screenings. So we see lots of ways that we can engage area artists in being part of our, our programs. In addition to that, the, the Ben Tucker Theater is a 350-seat venue, which is ideal for small performances. So uh, again, it's... It, it's good for concerts, uh, small dance performances, small theater productions, and it is. It has uh, the good acoustics, good lights. It's it, it's a space that we hope area arts groups will want to take advantage of. I want to ask you something. As somebody who's kind of coming here to Savannah, I know that you have some 
background of being in Savannah before, but as somebody who's coming back to Savannah and you've got all this energy built up from having run organizations in other places, one of the things, and we talked a little bit about this before we started the interview, is that someone in the arts community kind of feel like there's a bit of a disconnect between what the city has to offer and what artists are doing. So there doesn't necessarily seem like there's a kind of a cohesive partnership there, I guess you might say. Uh, I'll give you kind of an example is that there isn't really a ton of contemporary public art in Savannah, for example, just around town. Now we have lots of monuments and sculptures and things like that, which you could call art. But as far as something that really kind of is in line with the current makeup of our city, it doesn't really necessarily feel that there's a lot of that. And I think that there's been some frustration amongst the art community that that exists there. And of course, I did mention the Weave a Dream program, and then you have some other yes. uh, some other uh, financial programs that you offer. But just as an example, the Weave a Dream program it requires that an artist partner with a uh, nonprofit organization who may or may not have their own personal agendas as far as what they want to accomplish. And so it's not really necessarily art for art's sake. It's got to have some sort of um, partnership with a with a a nonprofit, something that they're specifically doing that is related to somebody else's vision, you might say. Sure. Um, considering those options and, and considering sort of that mentality, one, as somebody who's coming in, I guess, new, even though you've been here for a while now, but I, I kind of think of you as being new because you haven't had the opportunity to really engage with the community all that right. much. How do you kind of change that perception and say, hey, we're here for you and we're here to help you, A, and then... B, if local artists want to, from their end of things, kind of help to build a stronger relationship with the city of Savannah through the Department of Cultural Resources or what have you, what's the, how can they do that? Like, so how do you sort of change that mentality and how do artists kind of connect with you guys so that way, you know, that they're aware of these opportunities that are out there that you're offering? The Weave a Dream program that you mentioned and uh, the Arts and Cultural Enrichment program. Uh, I'll talk about those first. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are both long-standing programs, and they serve small and large arts organizations. And as, as you mentioned, the an individual artist can apply for they they have to have a physical agent, but they can apply for those. Mm-hmm. So those are one way. And I, you're, I'm sure you're familiar with the Starlandia mural project. Yeah, you know? right. Okay. Mm-hmm. That was an example of a Weaver Dream program that we funded, which allowed local artists to show work. So I'd love to see more of that happening. I am a big proponent of public art. I have not had a chance to really explore that in Savannah yet for obvious reasons, but I I am um, very much an advocate for that, and I look forward to seeing more opportunities for those kind of initiatives here because we do have such opportunity so, uh, so far as talented artists, but also a landscape that is perfect for for that kind of element yeah temperate climate walkable i mean it's actually really great a perfect city for public art art almost like an art neighborhood you talk about starland for example where the starland mural project happened and also the fence art project which was another program that that was same organizer clinton edminster yes who worked to you know put that up together um i went from an advocacy point though like how how involved are you all here as far as like, because one of the things I think that, you know, 
maybe artists might be a little bit, it's a little bit difficult to get a public art piece done in Savannah that is permanent. I mean, even the, right. the, um, the Starland Mural Project is actually been up for much longer than it was supposed to be because I think because of the pandemic, you know, it's supposed to be a nine month project painted over. And then the idea originally was that a sec, another project would be proposed in its place. Um, because anything beyond that period is considered to be a permanent art project. And there's a whole other okay. rigmarole that you have to do. You have to go get building permits literally for that in Savannah. So I wonder, do you have any sort of thoughts about, um, beyond just, um, what you can do here as far as offering things through, uh, you know, the space and all that, do you have any thoughts or, or, um, intentions to kind of advocate for some of these things that I know you say you believe in them, but you know, you're kind of the head of our art. You're kind of our, our art guy. Right. I mean, in a way, you know, in a lot of ways. And yes. so, um, I mean, do you have any sort of thoughts about that in ways that maybe that we can actually maybe make some policy changes that maybe could open up some opportunities for artists, you think, that you're allowed to actually talk about, maybe? Yeah, I, I, can, <laughs> I can tell you that there are at least two public art initiatives that are being discussed now. And um, one of which, by the time this airs, will probably be public knowledge, but I, I can't. Yeah, for sure. Um, but but that, is, that is a topic of conversation. I, I reached out to another one of our city departments a couple of weeks ago, and they're interested in doing on their end. So we're, we're finding connections. And I think as we start to ease out of this, this COVID mess, that we're going to see more opportunities for finding partners in creating public art opportunities. Did I fully answer your Yeah, question? that's good. Um, let me ask you this then. So like if people are interested in learning more about how to get involved, like let's say some artists, I know that you, for example, that you hire local teachers here to teach yes. various classes. Let's say that somebody wants to get involved in doing something like that on the one hand, or on the other hand, people are interested in learning about, you know, getting involved in the classes. How would you say that people would go about doing that? What's the best way for people to do that? The best way to find out about what is going on here is to go to our, our website, which is savannahga.gov backslash arts. And that has our full listing of programs and activities. We are always looking for new ideas for programs and classes. So we invite proposals, conversations. We Again, we are so excited to be opening up again next month so we can have those discussions. <laughs> for sure. And we've already had some, but we are always looking for ideas, looking for new ways to reach not just where we are physically downtown, but throughout the city. And something we're doing, which I'm really excited about starting this fall, is we're going to be doing more programming in community centers in all districts. So we'll be able to deliver arts programming to the south side. That's to, awesome. Um, we you no, know, if people can't come to the mountain, we're going to bring the bring at least part of the mountain out to them. Yeah, that's great. And you know, I, I would also mention that I, I would, and I don't want to speak for anybody here, but I know that people would love now that things are opening up to to, to see you come on down and and explore these things. I mean, I know I plan to. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I mean, I know you've probably you know Sulphur Studios and you know some of these places, but um, of course, there's a lot of uh, really great art here in Savannah that people would would love to to introduce you to now that I, we can actually get out there. <laughs> I, I can't wait. Stuff. I can't wait. I, I, I read about it. I know of it. And I've just been waiting for the opportunity. And I, I think that 
it, now. I'm, I'm ready to get out and uh, really discover what this city has. That's awesome. Well, Stuart Miller, thank you so much for, for spending some time with us here on Art on the Air today. Really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure, Rob. Finally, nice to finally get to sit down and talk to you. That's all the time we have for this week's episode of Art on the Air with your host, Rob Hessler. Listen every Wednesday for our live show, broadcasting from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time on 107.5 FM, Savannah Soundings, and worldwide at WRUU.org. And you can catch past episodes on the WRUU station archives on our website, as well as on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. We'll talk to you next week, where we'll have another batch of art on the air.